Good morning. I'm your host, Claudia Shambaugh, welcoming you to the March 21st, 2017 edition of Ask a Leader. Today's program is with Scott Kitcher, President and CEO of Sustained OC, formerly Cleantech. He'll explain what it's like to be a leading edge conservation technology matchmaker, incubator, and advocate as he builds a regional innovation hub. We'll be right back. Some of you had green beer last Friday. In this segment, we're going to quaff some pints of a green enterprise. My guest is Scott Kitcher, president and CEO of Sustain OC, formerly known as Cleantech, the subject of today's interview. Scott has 27 years of financial services experience in investment banking, investment management, and consulting. Scott Kitcher's experience includes leading the Western U.S. banking investment efforts at Yamaichi International Inc., Investment Council Vice President in charge of the Western U.S. at Eaton Vance's Hong Kong-based partner, Lloyd George Management. He later joined a small strategic consulting group where he led the vertical build-out of, or vertical build-up, or out it's called, I guess, the company's clean tech consulting practice. He's the founder of Ecofin Consulting Limited Liability Corporation, a boutique financial and strategic consulting practice that assists latter early stage and transitioning clean tech companies move to the next level. As president and CEO of Sustain OC, he has overseen the organization's transition from the former clean tech OC. Among his many local affiliations are Samueli School of Engineering at UCI. He's a member of the advisory board of the Transportation Center, the Bix Inc., Blue Fire Renewables, Stomp Motors, Indy.com, UCI Masters in Public Policy Program, and Capital Market Access. He completed his degree in economics at Stanford University. He joins me today in studio. Welcome to Ask a Leader, Scott Kitcher. Thank you, Claudia. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, we are glad you're here. This, there's mighty interesting things that go on over there at the Cove and the Applied Innovations where you're housed. So when I introduced you with my little retro introduction. I don't know if that captures it. The leading edge conservation technology matchmaker incubator and advocate generally. Um, those are retro terms for, a, you know, you're, you're pushing now on in, in not just the technology, but in managerial kinds of concepts. Without question. Yeah. So just a, a little backdrop on the organization. When uh, about uh, 2010, Cleantech OC was founded uh, with the whole notion of building the economy and clean technology and bringing the people and the key stakeholders together in that space. And the organization grew and branded itself very well um, over that number of years. And uh, in 2013, um, we sort of hit a uh, point where we were going to determine how we were going to uh, grow up. And um, so the organization sort of just decided to uh look at sustainably as a larger whole and how that how the clean tech component interacts with that 
Um, and ultimately what we found is that you know, larger corporations, the local government, um, people wanted to interact. And so we started building out our scope of work and bringing in those bigger corporate members um, and the local government to interact with us. And now we build out a community where it's uh, about 120 or so organizations involved with us, um, all of whom are looking toward you know, sustainable initiatives, uh, most focused on clean technology, but we're looking at supply chain management, human capital management, recycling initiatives, all sorts of things like that. So speaking of sustainability, it's a term like environmental. It's kind of a Rorschach drawing over our body politic. What does that mean in your enterprise? What, what constitutes, qualifies as sustainability? What meets your standard? It's a very good question. And ultimately, now that we've sort of broadened our mandate and our scope of our community, it really does mean something slightly different to every organization. Um, and organizations are looking at it, you know, from our perspective, you know, how they impact the environment, um, how also they grow their businesses, how they're innovative. One of the things that's pretty clear in sustainability is that it is a very innovative process. And to make sure that the organization is making itself sustainable, it has to make sense from a business perspective. But ultimately, the, the ultimate byproduct that we're all, they're all looking for is to improve the, econ- the environment uh, and or better the environment. So you've chosen three areas in sustainability, energy, water, and transportation. Tell us some of your success stories to date. Well, those three that you've described are the technology side of sustainability. Oh, right. Um, and we also have su- supply chain management, human capital management, recycling, initiatives such as that. But technology side, yeah, we have actually had many successes. Our organization looks to sort of, like I said earlier, build the ecosystem for these technology and sort of larger companies and local governments to interact and to basically benefit from one another. So we've had several uh the sort of energy side, we had one company that was that was purchased, um, that was taken over by Duke Energy. That was a big win. We had another company that was purchased by a large sort of agriculture company. Um, we've had things like that happen. Uh, it happens quite on a regular basis now as our companies are growing through our system. We've had some very good collaborative efforts, but I think I will point most notably probably to the workshops and sort of directed groups that we have created, what we call clusters, that are moving toward our community toward better overall good. So we have, like you mentioned, uh, transportation. We, uh, the Sustain OC, also act as the Advanced Transportation Center in Orange County. So we bring all of the key stakeholders in transportation together on a very regular basis to communicate and talk best practices, talk future, what's looking, what we're looking at going forward. A water cluster where we've brought in, you know, water districts, technology companies, local government, investors to sort of navigate the waters, literally speaking, for our community. And then in the energy side, of course, now we recently won a grant from the California Energy Commission where we've uh, worked, where we're now working with the LA Cleantech Incubator. Um, we're also um, partnering with the counties of Ventura and Santa Barbara, LA, and Orange County. We, SustainOC, manages the Orange County portion of that grant. And the whole there, idea there is to start up energy technology companies to market. So there, in speaking of energy, then there's a fuel cell project. You want to tell us about that? Well, it's a, it's a general initiative. So um, we here at UCI, so SustainOC is a strategic partner for UCI. I should mention that. We're based at the Cove, um, UCI Applied Innovation. And here at UCI, you have the Advanced Power and Energy Program and the National Fuel Cell Research Center, which is led by Dr. Scott Samuelson and, and Dr. Jack Brower and others. But it's a phenomenal resource, and uh, we're very excited to be a part of uh, their organization and helping them to move forward. But by virtue of them being there, oh, I should say, and by virtue of them being there, we have partnered very closely with us called the California Fuel Cell Partnership, which is an organization geared toward the evolution and the driving mechanism behind fuel cell automation, the automotive uh, industry. And so just recently, we conducted a two-day workshop with them where we brought that entire community together to discuss exactly that. Well, anything 
particularly new out of that? Not, you, you know, there, there's a lot of initiatives. A lot of it's still kind of quiet. We're not talking too much about it, but ultimately, oh, the, well, okay. well, we're not talking, you know, in terms of um, specifics, but I, I think the general notion is that it's coming. We have three car manufacturers that have fuel cell vehicles on the road. Hyundai, Honda, and Toyota, and others are looking to build out their own OEMs. Now, the, the key to that, of course, is the infrastructure, which is happening right now. I'm not sure the exact number of stations that now have hydrogen fueling, but there are quite a number, and they're coming online very quickly. That's another quick add to that is we have one of the um, premier prime gas station installers right here on the UCI, in the UCI area, and in fact, sort of a product of UCI in a certain sense, and given that the two of the, the principals are from the Advanced Power and Energy Program, called First Element Fuel, and they're the ones building out some of these stations. They have a um, relationship with, I'm not exactly sure what the nature is, but they're working with the California Air Resources Board, and they have very key ties into the automotive space and fuel cells. That's the engineering uh, at Samuel? Yes. Okay. They, they, they both, uh, there are two of the principals graduated from his school, Advanced Power Energy Program. Oh, okay. These are graduates. These are graduated they, students, not the That's right. No, uh, they're, they're professionals the in the workplace there. now. Oh, yeah, but they well were with the, done. Yeah. Okay. And that's actually a, a my loaded uh, near the end question. But what, um, and so I guess the nearest state, well, one, the earliest station is the one at Jamboree and campus, but there's many, many more you're saying. Many more. How, now. Like, how many more? Well, I know the initial build, I, I, I'm going to say a number, but I'm not 100% sure. I think it was 29. Um, I know there are Whoa. far more than that now. Um, <laughs> and they're building up the coast. Uh, I know there's one in, you know, building out towards sort of destination. So there's one in Truckee. And, you know, one of the key things that I, when I talk to um, the guys over at First Element Fuel, the key for them is to making sure those stations are online all the time. Making sure there's reliable fueling for hydrogen, you know, fuel cell vehicles. But I want to say the number is is sort of mandated or targeted to be 60 in the not too distant future. But um, again, I, I want to check within my the municipality. 60? Are no, you mean, no, no, no. You mean in, regionally? In Calif- yeah, regionally, including yeah. Ventura, California. LA County, yes, Orange, and, and the, taking. The, those counties I mentioned were for the energy innovation cluster. That's a slightly different topic. Different but, domain. Okay. Yeah. But so this would be for LA Orange County, those 60 I, stations? I, I believe that's the number. Of the, that might, you know what, that might be California. <laughs> you're, you're, I'm, but you're, you're talking about 29 already yeah, in this area. I believe so. Okay. Well, that's well on the way here. Yeah. So, well, for those of you who've just joined us, my guest is Scott Kitcher. He's president and CEO of Sustain OC, a trade association promoting economic growth among public, private, and academic entities in the Orange County clean technology industry. And we're talking about the energy domain sector. I'm not sure which uh, area. So um, tell us about, unless did you have more to say about the fuel? Fuel or um, That's it for now. Okay. Um, but I, I know yours, your background's in finance and all, but as far as the engineers are telling you and the other brain trusts that the hydrogen fuel source is a much more benign choice for in terms of climate change. Yes. It's, it's not carbon. It's not natural gas. It's I mean, it's it's pretty darn clean. It's the is cleanest the, is the goal. It's the cleanest. You know, I think um, we as the advanced speaking on behalf of maybe the advanced transportation center in Orange County, you know, we see all the technologies moving forward together, you know, in what we would consider clean technology. We look at uh, electric vehicles, fuel cell, even natural gas we'll throw into there. You know, as they all sort of um, sort of take their place in our community in a certain sense, you know, fuel cell vehicles are kind of the holy grail in terms of totally clean yeah. technology it's it's you know it's hydrogen is produced from waste it can be produced from waste and the emission is just water so it's very very clean so you have an apprenticeship program 
if you could tell us. Oh, oh I'd love that. to talk a bit about Please that. Please do. It, it's, uh, it's new. Um, we're just now building it out. In fact, we've had a... So, if, not, not to get too technical here, oh, but, get as but technical sus- as you <laughs> well, SustainOC is a C6, which enables us to advocate and uh, work on behalf of our membership um, in that sense. Uh, we also have a C3, which is a, f- a pure pr- um, nonprofit that's building out what 501C6? We, so, yeah, sorry, 501C3. Five, to be more okay. clear, 501C6 and 501C3. People recognize that. So, yes. Um, so the, C- the C3 is going to be geared, uh, we think, largely toward an apprenticeship program where we're going to, st- one of the issues that we found in working very closely with our clean technology companies that are growing very quickly is that, that a lot of their technologies are very disruptive. And so anybody coming into that world out of whatever s- level of education you've had has a pretty large, pretty steep learning curve. So what we thought we would do is create an apprenticeship program to um, enable students at various different levels to train on site while they get their degrees. So once they get their degrees, they can hit the ground running once they're in these companies. And that's a win-win for our membership. It's a win-win for the students. And so that's, it's very early in its stages. We're, we are going to be building up, looking for some funding for our C3 to start paying for potential scholarships and things like that. And uh, right now I'm building out the board of directors. It's Again, it's it's brand new, but it's something we're very excited about. So uh, do you want to put a call out to what kind of board members you're, you'd <laughs> like to see filling in some of the uh, some we, of the shorter areas? We've given a lot of thought to that. I think that given that we are SustainOC and that when you look at our qu- large corporations and local government, our clean tech companies, companies in general, you know, most of what we're seeing is a lot of build out and sustainability. So to not evade your question, no, uh, no, Claudia, no. but to answer sort of more broadly, what we're looking for is a pretty well-rounded representation of our community. People that are in, you know, fairly high up in, in their organizations that can make decisions, that can get involved, that will help us to sort of chart the course for these students. Wow. So, but if you, you want to call out certain areas that you think that you want people who might be listening now, listening to the podcast, they, they'd say, oh, I need to uh, either submit an associate or offer my services or something like that. But you're, let's just say you're interested in all areas. And it's I am. A, you know, I love to have representation from the university as an example. I'd love to have somebody from local government, probably Irvine, maybe some of our bigger cities, and l- large corporations. You know, I, I interact with a lot of these large corporations that I mentioned on a pretty regular basis, so I don't think I'll single out any of those in particular. But um, I'd like to have just, like I said, the well-rounded board. And we, we anticipate the board being no longer no larger than, you know, 10 or so. Well, actually, there's a an item that I wanted to go back to when you were talking about the fuel cell technology. I only heard three Japanese automotive firms mentioned. That's it? No. The American auto industry isn't stepping into No, the they are. Uh, you know, it's coming. I it's guess coming. my point They're just is. a little, little. they're in the daycare center, and these <laughs> other people are in middle school. Yes. To whole, high school. The industry in it itself is, uh, is, you know, is growing. They're all sort of in school together. And uh, I think that clearly it's nothing to ignore. And uh, I think that given this, certainly the initiatives and sort of incentives here in, in California, which is where it will happen initially, by I, the way. Yeah, I guess so. Um, it, there's it, all the OEMs are looking at it if they haven't already taken their first few steps. Well, that actually leads me to ask about uh, it's a it's a loaded question that with your experiences in the private sector, but primarily, w- primarily, but I want to bring in a recent talk and how that plays in with incentives for advancing some of these technologies to help states that want to advance reduction of carbon emissions and that kind of thing. Stephen Chu, a Nobel laureate in physics, and he was President Obama's Secretary of Energy for a couple of years. He took pride when he gave his talk here at the Barclay about, I think it's about a year 
plus ago. He took pride in the high conversion rate of households into solar power. So what do you make of governmental paternalism in setting sustainability goals while we're talking about the fuel cell technology advancing state by state? I mean, I, I like that question, and I think it's it's a question that I get asked a lot. You know, we um, there's a lot that can't be done without government help. You know, I think that the solar industry is a good example. I think that if you look at how solar has evolved, it's basically been given the opportunity to stand on its own two feet by the government. I don't think we would have come to where we are today without that help. But ultimately, now it's there. So, um, you know, it's the, to the point where now there's, there are efficiencies in the business models. And I think that the, the you know, solar can stand on its own. Or it will very certainly, anyway, as some of those uh, legislations sunset. Anyway, and there are others. I mean, fuel cell industry is potentially another one. There's just there's no way without, I think, government help. So there's definitely a place for it. There are areas where I think that, you know, indiv- you know private enterprise can take take the lead on some of the things we've been working on. But, you know, we've been very thankful, and I, you mentioned that I'm primarily in the private side, but we've been working very closely with local government and, the Sa- and Sacramento, and to even extent the Fed. We work with the DOE and the, and, uh, the DOD and the ver- most of the entities, actually. And I can see the, the, the general nature of how they can uh, incentivize some of these technologies to grow. So my answer is there is definitely a need, but there are certain parts of the industries, certain parts of the clean tech sectors that can grow on their own. And one in particular is uh, sort of some of the energy efficiency technologies that are out there. Well, as an advocate in your advocacy role, do you think that you could be approaching the Orange County congressional delegation to be more supportive of helping California? Well, I'm not sure I'd pitch it to them helping California meet emissions goals, but approaching the Orange County congressional delegation to see the kind of economic viability around the government incentivizing this high technology advance? Well, we have been active to some extent in that regard, actually. So You're taking um, your advocacy there then. Yeah. yeah, we have. And, you know, we, we are, um, as a group, we have a strong government affairs committee. They do look at government legislation and policy. And this this group within our organization takes a close look at, at everything coming down the pike. And ultimately, what how we engage, for the most part, are in the forms of letters of support and or getting involved to a slightly higher level. But remembering that we are sort of kind of a, you know, a trade association looking right. to help our members. And, right. And so we'll get engaged to the point we feel it's in the best interest of our membership. Because I can think that not that you want to sort of overstep your, you know, you want to man- manage all of your functions, but there is, I think, a role with your kind of, your profile, your uh, the, the heft of your sort of advanced kind of level of technology and management that this is this is a shiny object they're waiting for you know that they they could get behind they can talk about jobs and they can talk about that and and you're in a sort of a, a well more more of a business kind of packaged kind of deal for them to sign on and say slowly slip into this kind of more environmentally benign way of of living when you say they, who are your that to the congressional delegation for Orange yeah, County? Yeah, so um, we interact with most of them yeah. uh, locally. Yeah, and uh, our relationships are good, and we press where we think it makes sense. I think is the best best way to explain it. So the other advocacy part, I guess, is just to keep watching what's happening with the rollback of federal funding of environmental research and regulation function. So that's, I guess, your governmental relations person is going to be busy with trying to find where's maybe the sweet spot to use 
what kind of political capital you you very carefully want to use. That's correct, and and you are now speaking of the federal level. I correct. Assume. Yes. Yeah. So um, that it's a different animal. We definitely uh, are concerned, but on the other hand, there are areas within tech, uh, clean tech and sustainability that just will not be that affected. And I'm speaking partly on my own from my own accord here. Okay. You look at um, a lot of the issues within, um, you know, sustainability, for example. A lot of those drivers aren't driven by government now. Um, a lot of them are driven by private enterprise, uh, by the stock exchanges. And so uh, to, to that extent, um, you know, we're happy where we stand. You know, there are, like we've talked a bit about sort of the incentives behind certain technologies right. to get them off the dime and, make, and enable them to excel and to succeed. Um, a lot of that's happening right here in California. So from the federal perspective, um, you know, where there is a concern, it, it's, it's, I really would want to see what's going to happen. I, I, we're not, I'm trying not to be, we're trying not to be too reactionary to what's going on right now to see if things unfold and how it works out. It's good. That this, if proactive was ever the go-to, it's, it's now. Yeah. So let's, let's say the best talent at UCI in engineering, public health, urban planning, along with capital that's available, the immense amount of capital that's got to be available in Orange County. What, Scott Kitcher, would be your dream project you'd like? Hmm, very good question. You know, we have dream project. You mean an actual physical, tangible Any, any kind of thing in any of these sectors that we're talking about, or whether it's in the, in the management aspect of it. It's sort I, of... I think that, um, you know, ultimately we had a... a potential dream project that was unfolding over a number of years, which was the solar decathlon. Unfortunately, that, that is not going to happen uh, in 20... This year, so it's this in year. Denver. Yeah, so, so. It's, it's in Denver. But ultimately, I think that the, the ultimate sort of goal that I think we have that I think would be fantastic is if the, we get to the point within our clusters that we've talked about in the water, the transportation, um, and in the energy side of things, building those out to the point where there is a regular interaction between all the members of our community to sort of bolster Orange County and come together more closely. One of the challenges we've faced for uh, the last, well, since this organization came online in 2010 is is really bringing Orange County together. It's a very disparate, very disparate community. So ultimately, if we can channel those, channel the, the assets we have here, and like you say, we have a vast number and largely untouted, not very well known, what's going on here in Orange County. If we bring them together, bring them, promote them a bit more to um, a, at least a, you know, California, hopefully a national level, I think we will have done a lot of what we have set out to do. Um, and bringing the economy, growing the economy and bringing more attention to Orange County. So I can sort of imagine you as being the counter to the Chamber of Commerce. You're the Chamber of Technology eventually becoming that. I like that idea. Yeah, I like that. The other kind of uh, sort of altruistic notion was, we have is um, setting a gold standard for community sustainability. Um, and tied within there is, are a lot of sort of... Um, nuances that aren't clear, but uh, that really boils down to innovation, too, because uh, right. as I mentioned before, sustainability is uh, clearly a very innovative process, and to enable a company to thrive and grow and, and, and be sustainable, uh, and a local government and any entity, um, you need to be innovative. Well, I thank you so much for being on the program today, Scott Kitcher. I, I, there are more questions, but we'll save them for another visit if you'll return. And just briefly, you can close with telling us the best way for people to get a hold of you who want to get involved, who want to follow what's happening at your various workshops. And I think the, up, the first 
the most recent one is going to be coming up in June of your planned events, but there may be some other ones. But the They're, best way uh, to keep watching, the best following way to you. stay engaged with us is just our website's fairly new since we rebranded from Clean Tech OC to Sustain OC about uh, in, well in October. So it's uh, sustainoc.org is our website. Uh, we've got a lot of work to do there, but that's the best place to go for information in general. Coming up, uh, actually next week is the uh, UCI right. uh, Advanced Power and Energy Program. Ice Pad Conference, which we'll be focusing in on hydrogen. I'm glad we talked a bit about that right. today. Um, as far as our that's next week, the ne 28th and 29th. That's right, 28th and 29th, right here at the UCI's campus in the Engineering School. And then we have in June 22nd our advanced transport fourth annual advanced transportation conference called uh, Driving Mobility. That'll be held at the Cove at UCI Applied Innovation. That'll be that'll include all of the sort of infrastructure players, the OEMs, a lot of local government investors. We have a myriad of other things, but another next big one after that is our um, Water Solutions Two, our second annual water conference, which will again include sort of the technology companies. You'll have water districts, lo other local government, other influencers in the space, and then our annual conference is uh, October nineteenth, I believe, and that will also be at the Cove. All of these big events I've just mentioned are at UCI Applied Innovation. And you've got lots of clusters you're going to start populating yes. all that so people can see really detailed projects and roads that you're making. Yes. So, Scott Kitcher, it's been a real pleasure. I appreciate what you're doing with innovation in, in our backyard. It's really a remarkable enterprise, or I should say in plural, enterprises. Thank you so much for being on the show Thank today. you, Friday. It's been a pleasure. That was Scott Kitcher, President CEO of Sustain OC, located at Applied Innovations, the Cove, uh, in our nearby R&D park. Sustain OC is a trade association serving as an incubator of leading technology industry.